look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popovich. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm, I feel a lot better now that we're equally dressed, <laughs> not like the slovenly stuff you came in last week. So those of you who don't know, last week I wore a nice sweater. I was really relaxed, chill. Dave comes in a full suit. So we went on social media, and they, we actually polled the audience who was dressed better. And all the people who have no taste in fashion <laughs> said Dave was better looking or well-dressed comparisons to it me. It was a beautiful sweater, I have to it say. It was a very nice yeah. sweater. It was perfect for the weather. Thank goodness. <laughs> now I'm in a suit. Thank goodness. Check him out, check him out on social media today. He looks like a human being. Good job. <laughs> Listen, we got a kind of a, we, we've always got cool shows to do. But, you know, there's lots of people that we talk to that are interested in uh, warm climates in the, in the um, winter. And it's not always the United States. Mexico is growing in popularity. Yep. We find more and more conversations around that. The, the question is, um, how do you buy down there, right? Yeah. It's not the same as buying in Canada in the United States. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and, you know, where some areas are that you might, uh, might want to look at uh, on today's show. And we're also going to talk about, um, let me say this properly. We're going to talk about Harry and Meghan. Megxit. 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 Right? <laughs> because there's going to be some potential tax challenges that they face, filing challenges, potential penalties, which are an annoyance to a lot of Canadians. Yep. But we'll just use that as a sort of a catchy way to introduce this idea. There are many Canadians m- or people moving <clears throat> to Canada. Mm-hmm. There are many Canadians who have assets outside of Canada. Right. So there's some stuff that you have to do with Revenue Canada, or CRA. Yeah. And so we're going to have our, our special guest talking about those types of things. Yeah, so stick around for that. That'll be G- Jamie Golenbeck. He's always an entertaining, makes tax entertaining. I don't yeah. know how he does it, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's impressive. Uh, okay, let's try to make the markets entertaining. Um, I shouldn't say that. They're always entertaining, not always positively, but always yep. entertaining. Yep. But, you know, hey, listen, we're talking about something this week that we weren't talking about last week. Okay. Okay. So I want to use this as a bit of an example to say we've been spending a lot of time talking about the risks, and those risks are commonly known. We've talked about trade and so on and so on. And then all of a sudden, bang, there's a new risk. Correct. So my number one point is we're never without risk. Okay. So, yeah. Can you, can you kind of define what the risk you're talking about? Because Yeah, I just want to talk about the, the uh, coronavirus. Yes. What, what has that got to do with the stock market? Oh, potentially lots of things. Okay, walk me through it. All right. So if you go back to the SARS epidemic, um, which we don't have at this particular point, the Chinese have behaved very differently in trying to contain this, but you would have seen as an example, um, world travel slow down. You've already seen that right now. You saw airline stocks, as an example, sell off. You saw casinos in Macau sell off. So um, the implication on, on business yeah. okay, can be profound. Now, certain segments might be impacted more than others. But the fact is you've got a, you've got a health effect that may be broader than just you know, the common cold, common flu. Yep. Uh, it is transmitted people to people. And so if uh, you know, with how uh, cosmopolitan a world we have today, you hop on a flight tomorrow, you, know, you can be anywhere in the world. So... As a portfolio manager, mm-hmm. I find when I saw, and I'll pick on one company, Air Canada, when mm-hmm. the announcements yep. happened about this virus, Air Canada stock fell almost 5 6%. Right. And um, I, I, it's a knee-jerk reaction investors have. Sure. Like, okay, this could be as bad as SARS. So our analysts, what they did is they said, okay, let's go back to some key issues. Air Canada does some stress testing on them on their business. Mm-hmm. 
um, in the event of a terrorist ta- attack, like a 9-11, mm-hmm. or if they do a, a SARS epidemic, whatever. Yeah. You know, those different types of stress tests. Yeah. So our analysts looked at it and said, okay, if this was a stress test of something similar to SARS, right. then the value of said stock should be 14% lower. Right. Well, half of that was already gone, so at 7% drop instead of 14 the date the announcement was made that there's there's a right. potential epidemic. Right. 30 people at that time were impacted. Right. 30. And now the market is falling. Right. Because of that. Right. Holy knee-jerk reaction. Finally, we're seeing some downside. Oh, my God, something could go really wrong. It's funny that the markets fell during that versus an impeachment. The markets fell with because of that versus... Yeah, but I would argue, I would argue this versus impeachment that the outcome of the impeachment is largely known. But then why was there volatility to begin with when the whole concept of impeachment was coming? Well, because it wasn't, you weren't sure along which, you know, are there going to be Republicans break rank? I mean, with the, with the procedural vote. So what, what, what the market, I, I think it's, it's never right in the short term, right? Yeah. It, can be, it can be wrong. It's not wrong to sell off on those stocks that you think might be impacted. The magnitude, though, is unknown at that particular point. Correct. Right? It tends to overdo it, so the market tends to be more conservative and, and overcook those things. But the fact of the matter is where there's smoke, there's fire often, and so the market has learned over time, yeah, better be safe than sorry. And so, but you do, to your point. They are knee-jerk reactions. See, I see it different, Dave. I don't think the market has learned. I think information transfers so quickly in our world right. that people react without thinking thoroughly. No, 100%. Not disagreeing. Not disagreeing. Uh, and the speed at which information comes out and the accuracy yeah. of that initial information is subject. Have you have you ever had a conversation with somebody where they're reacting to the headline without reading the actual article? Yes. That's what's happening. Yes, yes. That's the stock market. Yeah, I agree. We, I mean, we get those calls all the time. <laughs> so, right? You get a headline and then, oh my gosh, we've we got to go yeah. to cash. The world's coming to an end. Yeah. Ooh, wait a second, right? Said opinion by some 15-year-old who lives in a country that doesn't even, have internet connection. Even if it's not a 15-year-old. <laughs> right? like, it, was, it was interesting when you start digging through these articles sure. and going, what are you reading? And, well, I didn't read it. I just read the headline. I wanted to let you know. Right. Uh, and and this, I, you know, this is, I mean, we're part of the media, I suppose, but the media's job is to try to get your attention. They have to do that, right, through these dramatic uh, headlines. Headlines. Right. Headlines, so, it's true. It news and noise and... Any type of media. Social yeah. media, a headline will kick. You, you want to open it up. Right. You, you look at it on conventional media or if it's on TV and they say something, stay tuned and you're going to stick around and listen to it. And I right. understand that concept. What I find is that they don't even stick around for the whole the Correct. whole. Uh, article or broadcast, Correct. they've already reacted. Right. Right. And I blame companies like Twitter who say, okay, you got 140 characters to react, go. Right. Right. It's not their fault, but that's just how society has turned into. Correct. But listen, that presents opportunity too, right? So as industry participants, oh, I, you can yeah. find opportunity yeah. in these knee-jerk Sell reactions. everything because of the wrong reasons, and I'll be coming in there picking it up like right. it's Boxing Day sales for me. I love that idea. Right. I get that. I just, right. I don't like seeing people sell something or get rid of something because they didn't do their proper due diligence. Yep. And this is where a calm, cool, collective approach to investing works over time. Yeah. Knee-jerk reactions will make you react not only because of its, the emotional impact, but you could lose substantial amount of money by making those knee-jerk reactions. Yeah. And listen, I think it's also important to say that the marketplace has changed over the, you know, 
decades. And one of the things that drives market now are, are computer algorithms and can often be momentum trading. So it doesn't necessarily have to do with the fundamentals, right? That trading could simply be a pile-on trade as Air Canada is falling. You might have algorithms, computer trading algorithms, that pick up and, and trade those things. So, you know, it's important to recognize kind of the market that we're in and the Correct. different influences, right? Correct. But the headline from a one-on-one from -on -one perspective, when we talk to people, headlines can be very influential, can evoke emotion, and emotion can make, uh, make people do... Uh, things that perhaps in hindsight they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't do. Absolutely. The other thing I want to talk about is um, I'm not sure we're done with trade uh, trade war talk yet. So, <laughs> you know, Davos has been interesting, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about Davos in the fourth sector because I've got a real problem that I'm going to rant about uh, with respect to Canadians and some of the messaging uh, there. <laughs> uh oh, here yeah, we go. Yeah, I was really upset on Friday. Oh, I remember. <clears throat> yeah, um, but. Uh, Forget about the Canadians for a second. The, the American president and um, Commerce Secretary, even the Treasury Secretary, has been on the Europeans now. So we've got a temporary reprieve in trade between U.S. and China. Yep. A phase one deal that most people would say really doesn't amount to much of anything, and we don't even know if it'll be, uh, you know, if the Chinese are going to follow through on their yeah, purchases. It's a egg. truce right now. Yeah, exactly. But it is a reprieve. Got it. Well, the, the target now is Europe. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to, the president has made it very clear they're getting a deal done this year. And if they don't get a deal done this year, we're going to trade war with you. We're going to slap 25% tariffs on autos. Yep. Global auto trade is a massive piece of global trade. And it's 8% gonna, of global it's trade. It's going to hurt the country that's actually supporting the entire euro, which is Germany. Right. And that's what they're going. They're going right for the heart. Right. Right. You can, you, if you impact Poland or you impact Italy, whatever. Right. But if you hip impact Germany, which is the economic engine of Europe, pretty yep. much, yep. You, you, this is a very targeted approach, and I think it's 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 the similar. We've seen this this movie before. Yep. Just different characters are now going to play in it. Yeah, that's right. So um, the, the trade war issue. My my point in this is. Don't forget that, that there's this in the background, right? Not sure. Yep. You and I you know, did a segment last week, and we talked about this idea of an economic cold war between China and the United States. And if we're right about that, and Benny Tall is right about that, and other people that are talking about it, this is a multi-decade issue. It's long-term, Right, sure. that we're dealing with, a structural change. If it has to do with, China, uh, sorry, not just China, but the rest of the world, okay, we've got some stuff to deal with. We have to remember that the euro, the eurozone, including the UK, is the largest economic superpower in aggregate. Right. So you went after the number two country, China, now go for the other economic superpower. You pretty much got 80% of the world covered up in economic viability. Now you can go after the other smaller areas and hit your own political. Like This is, this is the playing the game of risk. Yeah, yeah, good point. We're, that's what's happening here, and it's going to turn into a Cold War. Right. So we have to be ready for that. Yeah. Okay, enough said. Let's, um, uh, let's remind everybody about our upcoming seminar because it doesn't really matter what risks we're dealing with at any given time. Correct. There's going to be risks. The one thing that we can guarantee that there's always going to be <laughs> risk in the future. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about how do you manage through all these different issues that come across on Tuesday, February 18th, 7 p.m. at the Carriage House Inn. We're going to discuss all this, but you do need to reserve your seats. Give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400, or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. All right, don't go away. If you've ever been interested in buying a property in Mexico, we're going to talk about that in the next segment. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. You know, Faisal, I don't know. Uh, we, had a, we had a bit of a cold streak there, and every time a cold streak comes up, we're talking to lots of people about spending time in warmer climates, and yeah. Mexico often comes up. Absolutely. Let's get the you-know-what out of here. And yeah. uh, 
go somewhere warm, and yeah. maybe we should even buy a property out there because we know this winter is going to come back again. So let's, let's let's be prepared in advance. Yeah, that's right. So it's not necessarily just the United States, but buying property in Mexico. And yeah. uh, as far as I understand, there's some special rules around how to do that and yeah. make sure you do it properly. So we thought we'd explore that a little bit. And we've got a terrific guest to help us understand uh, the Mexican market. Um, uh, and a little bit about what Canadians might have to think about if they're going down there. So Kerry Mullins, a developer, uh, Vivo Resource, uh, uh, Resort, sorry, Vivo Resorts is the company, and they develop in Mexico. And Kerry, uh, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Well, thanks. It's a pleasure to join you. Happy to be here. Well, we're happy you're here, too, and I know we caught you at a time when you're back in Calgary, not down in Mexico. We're sorry to hear that, but, um, <laughs> you know, lots of people dreaming about, you know, the warm, obviously the warm beaches of Mexico when we go through these cold spells. And maybe just tell us a, just a little bit about yourself and, and Vivo and the developments that you're doing, and then I'd like to explore a little bit about what people need to think about. Fantastic. Yeah, for me, I, I was in search of looking for both a lifestyle property for me, my parents, and also my kids, and also investment timing and so i looked at different trends that were happening and what did i also want in my life what did i see the boomers wanting and i thought i you know technology is improving and i think people can work a little more of the time from anywhere and so a bunch of trends that i was looking at drove me to say i want to look for beachfront property and where and i actually did research of over 30 countries and actually did scouting trips to 15 different countries meeting with realtors and then i found a a place that I thought was awesome. I had a list of 44 factors that were part of the decision and found a beautiful part of Mexico um, called Puerto Escondido and really then developed a resort where I said, okay, this is the where now. I spent a couple of years looking for where and all these research. And then now what would we have there for amenities and services and components to really have a, to live your best life, whether it's for a week or for a winter. And I saw my parents wanting to retire in their golden years and be active and for me, that the ocean has that draw. And so I you know, looked at a lot of stats and components and looked at safety. And so where we are, it's just a really yeah, safe area and also an undiscovered area that's just burgeoning. And I feel it's a great spot on the lifestyle timing and also a great, stop, great spot on investment timing. There, you know, It's a beautiful resort. We now have our clubhouse built and we have eight different buildings, 150, 140 condo suites that are available to be able to rent or for people to be able to buy. We have future phases that are coming up as well. We have currently right now two buildings under construction with another 59 condominiums. So, yeah, it's it's been an exciting project thus far. And, yes, there are, uh, you know, it, for me, it's been really great to attract a lot of Canadians. About 75% of our owners are Canadians. And our number one market is Alberta, so Calgarians and also Edmontonians and and the, and the outskirts as well. And so, yeah, we, we love it where we are. And it, it's a really nice town. And it's uh, it's kind of got a little bit of an international flair, too. It's not only been America influenced. It's one of the top surf spots in the world. So right. attracted a lot of great people. Kerry, when you're, when you're going through your list, and I think many Canadians, when they transition to or live in retirement, build their own list of factors before they start to find a location. Maybe give us a couple of ideas. And to be honest with you, I've never heard of this town up until we did. We were ready to do this this piece with you. So where is it located? How easy is it, for example, for Calgarians to get there? Those are some of the factors that I will be thinking about if I was to buy. What other factors? And, and tell me a bit more how close the location is via airport and so forth. Yeah, sure. So a couple of elements to, to look for. The 44 factors that I have, you're right, and I say to people, we all put them in different orders. The one yep. I t share with people to, to strive to put as number one, though, and then you can put the rest whatever order you want, is hurricane risk. 
I just drove too many coastlines around the world looking at damaged real estate from that, and I, I thought I've got to figure this one out. And so this is a low-risk hurricane area, and that's important. Mm. What does that mean in numerics? It's had four hurricanes in the last 160 years, and they've all been class three or smaller. So very, very minimal, and that doesn't affect, you know, real buildings that are built right. For me, it's more when you look at places on the, you know, the Yucatan side or Cabo, they've had like 40 in the last 160 years. So those are in, in the Caribbean is, is privy to that. It has a lot. So that's one that's there. Other elements, yeah, safety it matters. And so we looked at the statistics in this area is safer than most major U.S. centers and even some Canadian centers. Uh, it, it's a great it has that because it hasn't burgeoned yet the weather is the other one for me and we think of weather as one thing but you know originally my parents retired in palm springs and i went down and it was you know 60 degrees and you know we got up with our swimming suits ready to hit the hit the swimming and we were what and you know it was it wasn't warm enough and my dad's like well it's better than calgary i said well that shouldn't just be our goal <laughs> better than the winters in calgary so I went looking for really the best weather. And where we are, it's, it's basically 30 degrees every day of the year. Uh, so that's fantastic. And also rainfall patterns really matter. I love vegetation, but I don't like, like rain. So how do I do this? And so where we are actually from the third week of November to the third week of May, that entire six months, it will rain less than one inch in that entire six months. You're guaranteed as a snowbird. 80-degree weather, not rain. I, I, I was searching first in Maui and in Hawaii. I loved it. But when I was there, I felt I was a little little late for investment timing. I was also a little bit late for the culture timing. But also, every time I was there, three out of three out of seven days, I was getting rained on. And that's because yeah. the rainy season is right in the in the winter there. And so those are a couple of the factors that, that drew me to it. It's also even warmer ocean water where we are in Puerto Escondido than it is in the Caribbean or Hawaii. So beautiful beautiful area and beautiful people as well uh the oaxacan culture is awesome and so those are a few of the variables you were also asking about access we there's two ways to get into puerto escondido you can fly through what's what's great now is our sister city airport is huatulco more people have heard of huatulco and huatulco is about 60 miles from the airport to puerto escondido and so that's how a lot of our canadian guests and owners come down there's direct flights with WestJet, also Air Canada, Sunwing, flying for most uh, Canadian major cities now. So that's that's tremendous to be able to access that way. The other way to get there is to fly into Mexico City and then a direct flight into Mexico, from Mexico City into Puerto Escondido. And Puerto is a, it's just under a one-hour flight from Mexico City, and there's now four different airlines flying daily from Mexico City to there. So those are the different ways to get there. We were really excited just this week. We found out they're doing a new expansion to the Puerto Escondido International Airport to uh, make a $17 million investment and grow it so that it's, it's getting ready for more to be able to go international and start to attract some international flights. So, yeah, that's a few things about it. Carrie, we've got less than about less than two minutes to go before we have to go to break. Um, for those people who are interested in getting into a property in Mexico, there are some things that are different buying property in Mexico than buying it, let's say, here in Canada or the United States. What do Canadians need to be aware of when they're buying property down there? Yeah, certainly you want to look for a reputable developer or a reputable person that you're looking to buy from. And so you want to scout out, you know, research, and then there's a lot of due diligence that you're going to want to do. From our side, you know, I spent a lot of time looking into that and looking for ways. There are some different uh, ways of purchasing there. For for 
purchasing as a foreigner, there's really three different ways. There's a common way that people have heard about before. It's a bank trust. It's called a fideicomiso. One of the challenges in the past with that was you had to only use a Mexican bank to be able to do that. Not everybody thought, well, I don't know if I want to trust Jose's bank. Now there are international banks that you can get a fideicomiso or bank trust through to, to purchase your property, like Scotiabank, HSBC, etc. So that's one way. The other way is you can actually own a Mexican corporation as a foreigner that can purchase and hold your property as well. One of the challenges in the past with that was that you actually needed to have a Mexican be one of your partners in your company, and not everybody wanted to do that either, certainly. But they changed that rule about 12 to 15 years ago, and now you can have 100% foreign ownership of a Mexican corporation that can hold the land. The third way is actually a way to be able to do a blend of that. It's kind of like a corporate trust way of, of owning it that way so there's there's a few different options to be able to purchase and hold and yeah you definitely want to be able to do your due diligence and and go with someone who's got a developed track record and a, and a, and a reputation that uh, is good um carrie thank you very much and, and clearly i think the takeaway here Faisal, is that if you're going to be thinking about purchasing a property in mexico you you got to understand that there's uh, it's a little bit different than just buying here in Canada, do a little bit of, of planning, and certainly the due diligence on the developer who you're buying it from is a critical piece of that. We wish you all the best in uh, in the development, and it sounds like a beautiful area. Well, awesome. Thank you. It's great to join. If anybody's looking, yeah, vivoresorts.com, V-I-V-O resorts.com. Love to have you come down and check it out. Come and feel it. Hey, man, I don't know where you do your skiing down there, though. <laughs> exactly. It's no, water skiing. It's <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Kerry. Kerry Mullen, developer of Vivo Resorts, is also uh, one of Canada's uh, Olympic skiers back in the day. So uh, clearly moving that, as you said, to uh, to water skiing. Okay, let's talk about um, uh, uh, lifestyle because yeah. often, you know, uh, traveling and or owning a second property is part of it. Yeah, so this is where people start to figure out how they can have that lifestyle they want, the income for the rest of their lives, and knowing that there's a whole bunch of potential risks economically and things happening in the future. How do you bulletproof your retirement? We're going to talk about that on Tuesday, February 18th, 7 p.m. at the Carriage House Inn. You need to reserve your seats. So give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. Harry and Megan may be facing some real serious tax challenges. So let's talk about one of the biggest headaches, <laughs> tax headaches, that not just them, but we may, uh, you may potentially face as a Canadian tax filer. That's next on uh, your listening to 770 CHQR and More Than Money. <laughs> Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. We're going to make this segment interesting because we're going to attach it to Megxit. Megxit. Yeah. Remind so, people what Megxit is. Sure. So it's Harry and Megan, right? They yeah. might be moving to Canada. They might, from a tax perspective, be domiciled and become Canadian tax residents. Okay. Um, and so we call it Megxit? Megxit. All right. Yeah, well, we got Brexit, so whatever. Why I, not? I, I didn't invent it, but I thought it was Why catchy not? and cool. That's right. Um, but it is an interesting topic to, to sort of tie... Um, uh, given that we're coming into tax season, some tax stuff with. And so we've got Jimmy Golenbeck, who's the managing, uh, managing director of tax and estate planning at CIBC Financial Planning Advice, uh, regular recurring guest. But try to help use that to uh, raise awareness and make some sense out of some tax filing forms that can be punitive if we're not handling them properly. So remember this tax form. It's called T1135. You're going to hear this tax form being mentioned quite a bit over the next 90 days because right. it's tax time. Right. So, Jamie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. What is the T1135? So, T1135 is a special form. It doesn't apply to everyone, but if it applies to you, you better file it because the penalties are severe. So, basically, if you have 
investments, or foreign property, and includes stocks in a brokerage account whose cost exceeds $100,000 at any point in the previous tax year, like 2019, you've got to declare that on the T1135. Now, this is not part of the tax return. It's a separate form. It's included in most software that you use when filing a tax return, but it is uh, filed electronically, and that form declares all the assets that you have outside of Canada, whether it's a Cayman Island bank account, uh, whether it's a rental property that you own perhaps in Arizona, or whether it is U.S. stocks, global securities inside of a non-registered broker account where the total cost of everything that you have, foreign property, total cost, not fair value, more is more than $100,000. And that's separate than, of course, the obligation to having to report your worldwide income from your foreign investments on your return. So this is a separate, a separate form that requires you to disclose the existence of foreign assets. Okay, so every year, my team get phone calls from accountants, from the clients, and I hear a common phrase when they talk about the T1135, headache. <laughs> why is this form such a headache? Oh, it's a headache because I mean, really you wonder why it's even necessary. So, I mean, I understand if I've got the Cayman Island bank account that the CRA probably wants to know about it. And if I'm not reporting any income, they want to know why I'm not reporting income. So that I think we understand in a system, in a country where we tax based on residency. If you're resident in Canada and thus, you know, Harry and Megan, if they decide to make residency in Canada, they would have to file the form too. But in a Canada system where we have an honor system, basically, a self-assessing reporting system, I can understand why the government wants to know about my Cayman Island bank account. What I cannot understand, unfortunately, is why the government needs to know about my shares of Apple held in my Canadian brokerage account in downtown Calgary. That is what I don't understand. But anyway, uh, the good news is they have simplified the form dramatically since it came out over 10 years ago. And uh, the form still needs to be completed. And it's very simple to do. It's part of your tax return. You've got to get the information. But, uh, again, it's, it's part of the tax return package, but it is a separate form um, that people really do need to fill out because otherwise they forget to file the form. You get caught later on. A penalty is $25 for every day that you're late for up to 100 days. That's $2,500 per year. And it doesn't matter if you've reported all the income on your return. You still get hit with a penalty. Is there anything above and beyond that $2,500? This is So there are some times that people will say, no, I don't have any foreign investments to their accountant. And they check off nothing, and, they, and then they realize, uh-oh, I forgot that I own Apple stock, right. Dave. Yep. yep. I better claim that. I've missed it. It's been now, now it's 250 days into the year, Jamie. $2,500 max. Any other penalties? Yeah, $2,500 max. There's also an obligation to file... Um, uh, of course, a return, and uh, you've got to file it, and there's interest on that uh, return as well. There could be penalties for not filing it, as well as uh, the interest, right, the arrears interest on top of it. So that's important. There are even more severe penalties if you're if it's the second time you get caught, but we won't even get into that, so hopefully, hopefully you won't be caught a second time. There are many Canadians or newly arrived Canadians who are experiencing their first tax year. So let's assume that Harry and Megan decide to move to Canada, it's now 2020, and they have to disclose all their information or their, their assets abroad uh, to the CRA. What are the things that Canadians or newly arrived Canadians need to know uh, right away uh, so they can start preparing for this for the, the tax filing for next year? 
Yeah, well, you need to know first the cost amount of, of your worldwide property. And again, we're really only focusing on investment-type property. So one common misconception is I've got the Arizona condo. I go there during the winter months. I come back here. I'll rent it out. It's just me. That is a foreign property, but it's not an investment property. In other words, this is a personal-use property. There's a specific exception for personal-use property. So you don't have to worry about that vacation property in the States or in Italy or in Mexico, Costa Rica. It doesn't matter, right? It's only if it's an investment property. Let's say you've got that property down in Arizona, but you regularly rent it out when you're not using it. It's a source of rental income. Of course, you'd record the rental income on your Canadian return, but if the value of that condo is more than 100000 bucks, you must report it on the 21135 along with any of the other non-registered investments you own. Now, one positive news is that if you do invest in, let's say, a mutual fund type product, the mutual funds, as long as they're Canadian mutual funds, uh, are exempt. Those are all Canadian-based trusts or corporations, even though they might own Apple or foreign stocks, U.S. global securities. If you're using a Canadian mutual fund company or a Canadian ETF to do your investing, uh, even if the underlying stocks are foreign, because it's a Canadian-based trust or corp, those do not need to be reported on the T1135. Well, Jamie, there's lots to think about in tax time. I want to thank you for spreading, uh, I guess, shining a little uh, light in that dark corner of the T1135 <laughs> and what it is. Thanks very much. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. We've been joined by Jamie Golenbeck, who's the Managing Director of Tax and Estate Planning at CIBC uh, Financial Planning Advice. Tax is the single biggest line item that Canadians face in retirement. I don't think people realize how much they're going to be spending or giving up in uh, in taxes throughout their retirement. Right. And so when you are giving up that much money to the government, you need to have a strategy or at least be aware of the ways that you can reduce the amount right. that's going out because the less that goes out, the more that's in your pocket. So we're going to talk about taxes. We're going to talk about how do you bulletproof your retirement and maintain that lifestyle you want on Tuesday, February 18th, 7 p.m. at the Carriage House Inn. You need to reserve your seats. So give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. You can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. So Davos um, has been a topic of conversation all week. Lots of stuff coming out there. The climate has been front and center, environmental, front and center of all the conversations. Uh, A couple of things. I'm interested to know. I'm interested to watch the change. They're talking about a temperature map or a temperature score on investments now going forward. Yeah. Right? So it's going to be interesting to see how institutional money and over time investments change to reflect what this environment, envi- environmental change is. Now, you're, you're not happy with the tone or the messaging that came out during the whole conference in Davos. Correct. I think we need to have an address. I mean, you know, address yep. what your concerns are, what your views are, because you and I had a, a interesting debate on Friday, and I think our listeners would want to know um, from your perspective yep. what's what's your what's your concerns. And I'm going to bring in a different angle to just so, see how how much I can stir you up and see if stick uh, around for how wrong Faisal <laughs> is on his on his opinion. All right, uh, we are going to debate that after the break. Stick around. You're on 770 CHQR and more than money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and more than money. You okay? No, I'm hot about this. I can see it. I'm hot. I'm still bothered by it. We talked about this on Friday. You're carrying it over on Saturday. Yeah. And you're still... Yeah. 
you're you're almost almost red. Uh, you know, yeah. It's let's let's talk about the issue because and, and language is important to me. Um, and we're going to talk about some specific language. Okay. Just before the break, we talked about Davos. Da- I mean, all the world leaders are, or most world leaders are there, and um, uh, business people and so on and so forth. And the topic has been around the environment. So. Now that's news, um, and of course we've got our own um, talk track in Canada that we're facing around carbon and tax, and you know how it's being handled. Okay. So here, here's my issue: I, was, um, I read a headline and a report or some commentary by our finance minister, okay, Bill Morneau, uh, and he said, "I can't predict the future. Obviously, I, th- I think to the extent that our industry can get more and more effective at reducing their carbon emissions, that will enable them to be a better part of the world energy scene." But he said, um, he said he's, he can't predict whether Canada will be producing oil in 30 years. Okay. 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 So where to start? <clears throat> First of all, if I, I am constantly amazed, and I, I'm, I'll just put on the table that I believe we should all be doing our bit for protecting the environment for our kids and so on and so forth. Okay. So the motherhood and apple pie statement, I'm totally with. Okay. okay? And I actually believe beyond that we need to take steps to do it. But what drives me insane, not just as an Albertan, but as a Canadian, okay, is why we are consistently pushing, creating confusion and pushing away business investment and, um, and industries. Now, whether you believe in oil and gas, I have to tell you... Well, it's not a religion. It's a commodity. You don't, you don't have to believe in it. It is being utilized. No, no, today. no, 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 no. Some people... Just stop. Just stop using it. Basil, <laughs> the, the environmental position, one of them is just stop producing today, Canada. Done. Or every country, whatever. Okay, this is absurd. Yeah, that, yeah. Global oil demand is continuing to grow, even it's given being utilized. Even given what the uh, the issues are that we're facing, environmental. Okay? okay, now whether you believe in Trump or you don't believe in Trump, and I'm not taking a position on this. Trump's position is is his administration is very different than the Canadian government's position. Oil and gas is a viable industry, and we want it. So our messaging to the rest of the world <clears throat> is... Sorry, I'm smiling. I'm turning down my volume on my headphones because, man, you're hot yeah, right I'm, now. Okay, we go back. Messaging, sorry. Messaging. <laughs> we can't predict whether Canada is still going to be producing oil, oil and gas or oil in 30 years. Okay. Uh, I'm the CEO of a company. I've got to make a multi-billion dollar decision that is going to take decades to get a return on investment. Hmm. I wonder where I'm going to go. I wonder where I will invest yeah, my when, money. When the number two guy in the country of Canada says... I don't know if you're going to be around here in 30 years. Right. Instead of saying, if you want to take environmental, this is what, this is what makes me hot. Why can't we be um, a leading producer of oil and gas? Yep. We have always had an excellent history in our country of developing new technology, yep. environmental, drilling, and otherwise. Yep. We have the fastest growing population amongst the G7 and the most educated population amongst the G7. Yeah. We want to diversify into technology. Why can't we coordinate all of those things and set the language to be, we're going to be the global leader? This is what I was trying to tell you on Friday. Because you think it was a slip up in, conver- or in, in communication. Well, my question really was, is this sloppy language or is it a it's intent. direct message? It's intent. There is no way that these guys, in their situation, at their point in time, we are now done the first term. We can't give them the first term rookie mistakes. They are, they are planned and they are precise on what they're saying. This is a hint. 
This is a hint to all of us in Canada, especially us in Alberta, that this administration is not putting oil as a number one, two, three, or four top priorities in this country, regardless of how much economic viability or growth it brings to this country. Or damage. Or damage. It doesn't matter. We have never, at least I've never heard the federal government here say oil is in our top three priority. Okay. Let's skip oil for a second. I'm, I'm frustrated with that. I mean, I know lots of people that have been affected by it, but not as an Albertan. I'm frustrated as a Canadian that we continue. I'm, I'm going to jump over to marijuana. Okay. We're going to lead the world in marijuana. No, we won't. They've never said that. Yeah. Well, we're going to be the first major country to, to, to commercialize it and to legalize it. Okay. okay? You want, mark my words today. When the Americans get there, they will take it and we will give it to them. Absolutely. Okay. We continue it, to give away that what all we industry. Do? And this is what I'm, this is what I'm, I'm hot about is I'm tired as a Canadian, and I think as Canadians we have to step up. What, you know, what is it that we are going to stand for and lead in? i got to tell you, I think that this little fad called the environment is probably here to stay. <laughs> Why don't we make that our number? If we're going to make we're going to be environmental leaders, be the best at it. Get in. That's invest. the argument I'm making when it comes to health care. If we know we have an aging population, right. and we know that most of the Western world has an aging population, why can't we be the destination of choice? Right. The problem that we have in Canada is not an industry-specific <clears throat> issue. It's a cultural thing. Correct. Canada does not like talking about being number one in anything, in anything. except for hockey. Do we even like talking about that? Absolutely, we will. That's the only thing that I can think of that we as Canadians across the country say we're the best. Okay. Awesome. That's it. We have never said we are number one in here and we're going to put our money where our mouth is. Here's the difference between, let's say, U.S. or other European countries versus Canada. When there are multiple industries putting their hand out saying, please support us, government. In other countries, like the United States, they pick and choose their winners. So they will put more money in one area versus the other, depending upon where they want to see things go. In Canada, most times, the governments, regardless of provincial or federal, will put a little money here, a little money there, so we're going to sprinkle it out. Kind of like when you have four children and you want to give them all allowance, you give them all the same amount of money. This is not an allowance. Put your money where your mouth is. Bet on the areas that you want to grow and watch them prosper. And influence the direction. And that happens in the people's homes in Canada. That happens in small and medium-sized businesses. This is not only a government thing. This is a Canadian cultural I, issue. I agree with you. And so I, I feel your frustration, right. man. I I'm feel yeah, it. I'm done. I, I, I'm done with this. This but is crazy. We, I'm telling you, we cannot change how the government thinks. We as individuals and as business owners have to change the way we think. We have to now have the culture of we want to be number one. Well, we can influence it. We're speaking to your grandmother and my grandmother right now, the two listeners of this show. <laughs> and we're influencing them. Yeah, right? okay, Grandma, <laughs> we got to win. <laughs> Drop the hockey and let's get back we, on to business. We have to have... A, a sense of culture yeah. that says we are going to actually be the best at something. Right. You know how happy we were when we were the arm from that, for the NASA space station? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we were the, be we were the right. best arm. We were the only arm. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't see an industry develop around that. Nothing. Right. The government has to sprinkle money in every place to keep everybody happy. That's not investing. No, it's not. That's it, hope. You're, and you're right. It's cultural. And um, it listen, is a cultural. We're going to be speaking to a, to a group of people that are the converted on this. Um, 
we need to spread this word. And it's not as an Albertan ranting and raving about oil. It is about a Canadian and trying to, to, to develop long-term sustainable industries so that we put our people to work. Right? We have a tax base to support the elderly. Yep. We have a tax base to support infrastructure that we're going to need. This is crazy. If we ask, uh, have a culture of a winning attitude, then everybody will prosper over time. Right. When we just focus on let's just take the lowest common denominator and deal with that, then no one moves ahead. Right. We're always worried about the lowest common denominator. Right. And, and b- being a leader in something doesn't mean the destruction of a country. It doesn't mean it, those two things aren't equal. Jeez, it doesn't have to lead down that path, right? And I don't know why I'm confused. I was so hot on Friday, as you know, but I, I, it's, it's inconceivable to me that we can't have a, a political leadership that can put one plus one plus one together and come up with ten, right? Because if we combine the immigration It's tax, a multiplier effect when you right. start to add everything into play. Right. Bring more people focus. in. Take care of the environment. Have growth. Make sure that your, your weak are covered. Make sure that you know, the sick get, get health care. Th- that kind of stuff. You can make it. Why can't we be the number one education spot in the world? Yeah. Why haven't we made that as the mandate? Right. Why do we always compare ourselves versus each province? And that's it. Right. We've right. never set a golden standard in this country for anything that we want to be the number one ever. I, and if, if you have heard this from the government, come back to me and send me a note. Right. Because I will, I will say I'm sorry online uh, because I think it's important that our culture is going to be um, whatever happens, happens mentality. Well, and, and listen, at the end of the day, you said it correctly. The government is a reflection of us as a people, as a society, Absolutely. and as a culture, and we need to change that. I'm telling you, it's Absolutely. tired to be. I'm tired to be in a second class citizen. <laughs> Globally. 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 Yeah, we're second class. This citizens. is one of the best countries to live in in the world. It should be the best. But there's a reason why it's not the best. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, um, boy. Okay. I got that. I feel better. Good. I, I got to tell you. Yeah. You had your therapy session? Yeah. I hope nobody drove off the road because they got all <laughs> hot and bothered with me. But um, thanks for listening, for sure. Let's talk about our upcoming seminar before we sign off. We know that these types of things are going to impact our, our economy and our society going forward. And so there needs to be a structure put in place as you go through retirement. How do you bulletproof your retirement? We're going to talk about a structure called asset dedication. This is one solution to protect you and provide income for the rest of your life. So how do we deal with that? How are we going to actually take care of all these different problems that are coming our way? We'll discuss that on Tuesday, February 18th, 7 p.m. at the Carriage House Inn. You need to reserve your seats. So give us a call, 966-8400, or go on my, our website at morethanmoneyradio.com. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us for another edition of More Than Money. We will talk to you again next week with our next rant. Thanks for tuning in. You're on 770 CHQR. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. 
David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.